Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Back here on First Take at the Rouse's Market on Barone Street here in the Central Business District. But Scott Alexander also pointing out there is many more ways to get to this Rouse's as well. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I live in this neighborhood. I live a block away. This is the warehouse district. This is your Rouse's. It is. I come here literally every other day, period, every other day. So besides living a block away. But this is warehouse district meets CBD in this area called South Market. But if you're coming from the West Bank, O'Keefe, it's on O'Keefe, it's on Gerard, and it's on Barone. And I think people get confused when you say Barone, you think of, uh, you know, between Porges and Canal. It's, it's more by the dome. You know, we're, right, we're two blocks from the dome. So if you're coming from, say, everywhere else but the West Bank, you get off on Loyola, like you're going to the dome, and you take a right on Gerard, and you're here in two blocks. And then you get your, all your pregame stuff. And then, uh, if, of course, you're from the West Bank, you take O'Keefe, and this street one side of it is adjacent to O'Keefe. So lots of ways to get here. Don't think you got to go out of your way to get to the Dome because you get on the interstate, you're right here. And it's perfect because everybody's dressing up. we got a lot of people. Uh, Just saw some tel- toga party folks oh getting coming through. That was awesome. And did we ever. They looked really good in those togas. Uh, how you doing? Uh, but, no, it's going to be a festive day. And I haven't said this yet, like I said before the Giants game, because I said that uh, – Vibe in the city, 12 times, I think, that week. That, week. that was your, your code word? Yeah, and I kept going back to it. But, uh, and, I, and friends of mine were texting me, hey, hashtag vibe in the city, how you doing? <laughs> so, uh, so, no, there is a vibe in the city, and, uh, and it's awesome right now. And I'm looking forward to this. I think the whole city realizes what a huge game this is. Uh, and, you know, we talked about it in the first hour, it's giant. But can I bring that stat up I teased everybody with? Please do. Okay, here's the drill. I think even Saints fans – at least the casual ones, kind of forget that we dominated Tampa Bay last season. And, and make no mistake, they're the Super Bowl champions, can't take it away. They won the game that mattered. But there's 180 minutes that the New Orleans Saints played Tampa Bay last year. And you know how I did that? Because I do a little bit of math. 60 minutes times three is 180. What? They, what? <laughs> you did it so fast. Yeah, guys. it's amazing. You got that common core down. <laughs> but the fact is, is that... Do you know how many minutes of those 180 that the Tampa Bay Bucks led the New Orleans Saints? Tell us. Not even 20. Not even 20. They left the last 9.52 of the, of the game when, you know, Jared Cook, we remember the fumble, and that could have possibly put the Saints up 14. Right. Uh, but they didn't, and then Devin White went nuts on us and Levante David, and they, they ended up dominating the fourth quarter. But the fact is, is that out of 180 minutes, the Saints um, – they led for about 120 of those. Uh, they let's just give let's just give Tampa 20 that right. they led. That's 140, and the other 40 was, was when it was tied. Obviously, when the game starts to whenever somebody scores, it's tied. And so, out of 180, they they, they listen. I mean, I'm just stats are for losers, but I love this one. I just want to remind people that Tampa losers. Bay is not that much better than the Saints, and I don't think now that the Saints are getting their players back, I, they don't. The Saints aren't scared by Tampa Bay. Let's just say that. Just because they won a Super Bowl. Tampa Bay, the Saints have beaten them five straight 
regular season games, right? Right. So this is a team they know well, and this is a team they've dominated except for one quarter last season, and that is it. I think what folks are definitely concerned about in this matchup, obviously the defending Super Bowl champs, what happened last time in the playoffs, and then you compound on top of that that the Saints offense hasn't looked the same dominant no uh, point-producing well-oiled machine that it's looked in the past. And I know a lot of folks want to put um, a ton of crit- criticism on Jameis Winston, but if you look at his numbers, he's, he's really not doing bad at all. And his, and his touchdown production numbers, uh, when, he, when they are in the red zone, are phenomenal. Sean, they are phenomenal. By the way, they, they score when they're in the red zone. They score almost every and I mean, single time. He's had a lot. We saw a lot, a ton of drops last week, and it was in terrible conditions. This, this, I just thought there was a lot of criticism for that low-scoring game that they pulled out in Seattle in terrible weather on the road, and they, they I, did what they had to to get the win in that matchup. They did, and that's all that matters. Hey, listen, I'm going to say this right quick. The – LSU Tigers in 2019 had a devastating offense, as Alabama did in 2020, right? But what's Georgia doing in 2021? They are setting record numbers on defense. And I know the Saints aren't doing that. But but now that you're getting your players back, you're seeing some dominance on that defensive side. So there's two ways to skin a cat here. And the Saints are doing it defensively. Georgia is just – people. their opponents are averaging 5.1 points per game. And, uh, I mean, that's remarkable, especially on the college level. Yeah, less where, than two field like, goes. Give 30 me a break. is average, right. So the fact is, is like the Patriots, I mean, the uh, Freudian slip Patriots, the Buccaneers are doing it in a fancy way. They score. They got all these weapons. You know, Leonard Fournette's playing like the guy that was at St. Aug and Tom's LSU. Tom's looking like he's 30. Yeah, Tom, I mean, ageless. So they look so good. But the Saints defense will punch them in the mouth today. I'm going to tell you that. They punched them in the mouth when the – when the Buccaneers were a four-point favorite last year in in Tampa Bay, yeah. and everybody says lay Hope the them. four, Tampa's going to kill them. It was thirty-five to nothing at the half. Period. It ain't going to be that today by the Saints, but the Saints were just mauling them and letting them know defense matters, right? And defense is back now. You have a real star in the making back in, in interior lineman and in David Onyemata. I'm going to tell you that this matters. It's huge. Quan Alexander is going to be in the mix a little more. Huge. Uh, not that the rookie Pete Werner is playing poorly, but he's not the big, huge difference maker yet. Hey, bud, what's happening? That, that a Quan would be. And then, you know, Demario Davis and then Marcus Davenport. Need I say more, Marcus Davenport's re-energizing Cam Jordan on the other side. I feel very strong. We already know the secondary is elite. So I feel strongly about the way the Saints are going to play today, and I think they're going to play at a top level. Well, having David Onyemata back, obviously huge for the D-line, getting that uh, pressure cooked up for Tom Brady. And just hopefully we get to see Marcus Davenport building on what he did last game, able to stay healthy too and in this lineup because when he is on the field, there's no question he's in beast mode constantly. They cannot con- they cannot contain his strength. They can't stop that power move he has. And I think he's going to be a, a key, obviously, to getting that, uh, that, that necessary rush on Brady because we, you, can't, you can't have him just standing back there ready to pick you apart. Um, you, that, that you can't. One, you can't. Those you, one, two get, seconds, you have to get to him immediately. And, and, and listen, it's been said ad nauseum on TV, but – when you're in his face, it's your only chance of, yes. of slowing them down. You have to, you got to, you know, hit him hard. You know what I mean? Listen, he's going to be protected, so you don't want any dumb penalties. But the fact here is, let me go back full circle how we started this conversation with Jameis Winston. 
This is a this is a game where I think he's going to shine. The, the the Tampa Bay secondary is is definitely uh, the weak spot of this entire team. Uh, their front seven is is ridiculous, and I think the Saints fans will remember what happened in the playoffs with Devin White and Levante, and of, of course that great defensive line with just superstar names across the board, and they kept them all. But the fact is that this is where Jameis can use his arm. And, and, and go deep. If, Hopefully his guys are catching the ball. That's the thing. And that's why, I, I mean, not, not to bring up a negative, that's why I was hoping <laughs> we get Thomas back and maybe a taste him and loosen things up. But if you can get a Deontay Harris, and I know, I don't know the facts, if he's definitely playing or not. He's but questionable, was limited all week with that hamstring it issue. It would be so big if, if he could be there. And, uh, but the bottom line is this. I, I don't care who the receiver is. I feel they're going to they think they're going to try to go deep a little more today. First take here with Scott Alexander and Steve market in the cbd on barone the oakland heart jewelers rolex time check three hours and eight minutes before kickoff in the caesar superdome between your new orleans saints and the defending champion tampa bay buccaneers and tom brady coming back with more we're going to have wwl's mike detillier on the line when we get back here on first take on wwl saints radio after this First take here on Rouse's in Barone Street in the CBD. For every home game, Rouse's Market's where it feels like home here on WWL Saints Radio. We are now welcoming in Mike Dettillier. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Happy Halloween, Mike. Happy Halloween, guys. So we got this matchup coming to us at the Superdome 325 between two NFC superpowers, NFC South rivals. And one of the things that scares me, Mike, going into this matchup, not many guys, obviously Tom Brady's frightful, but, man, on that Bucks defense, Vita Vea is going to be something for this Saints O-line to contend with and has been frightening all year. Yeah, uh, kind of on both sides of the, the ball, you look at not only Vita Vey, but also got Anyamata coming back on the other side, so he's going to give the Bucks problems. But, man, Vita Vey, uh, you know, during sports talk last week, you know, somebody said, you know, come, you know, just sort of compare him to somebody. And, you know, just, you're a wrestling fan from maybe in the 80s, 90s. You know he reminds me of his, uh, like, Yokozuna. <laughs> you know, who played like he was a sumo wrestler. He really was a Samoan. And uh, he's this unbelievable big man who can move so well, and he just crushes the inside pocket. When you watch him on film or watching him on television, you can see that, okay, he's not going to get a ton of sacks. But what he does is basically kind of push – that inside pocket, and, th- and he throws the quarterback, uh, so to speak, into a loop because he pushes the center or the guard right back into his lap. And so, you know, you're just looking to get out of his way. And if he falls on you, you're in bad shape. You know, he they list him at 345. I would think he's in the area code of that, but I would bet north of it. Uh, yeah, he ain't, man, he ain't seen a four in the, uh, as that second number. I think in quite some time. It was a guy who was a high school running back. And he, That's unbelievable. He, he was a running back in high school. Goes to that show really is how unbelievable. Uh, athletic he is for a big man. He's almost six foot four, which is unusual because you know a lot of the defensive tackles today are a little bit 
you know, kind of short of size. They're in that six two, six two and a half range. But he's legit. He is a tad under six foot four, and he is a monster against the run because what he does, he occupies a couple of blockers and he, he lets those linebackers. If it's Devin White, if it's Levante David, Shaquille Barrett, you name them, they, they roll right inside to make the play. So it's it's amazing. He's an amazing athlete for such a big man because normally a, someone that size isn't that quick or that fast off the snap, and that's what jumps out at you. Uh, that he's uh, he's he's quite the guy. And remember last year, he missed a great part of the season, regular season because of an injury. And then he came back for the postseason, and then uh, it was, uh, watch out, <laughs> you know, every time he hit the field. Because uh, he, he, he's a real defensive monster. And a guy that uh, is – Devin White told me this in the offseason. He said, I think he's the most talented player we have on the Tampa Bay team. Wow. Wow. I mean, I heard that too. Because, I mean, listen, you don't get athleticism like that at that size – and he frees up everything for everybody else to do the the uh, the glamour stats, you know, the Devin Whites. But I want to go to the offensive side of the ball for a second right quick because we all know the monster on this side, and that's Tom Brady. This guy, 44 years old, averaging 325 yards a game, passing at 44. Are you kidding me? 21 touchdowns. He's averaging three touchdowns a game at 44 years old. Are you kidding me? And he's Not Patrick Mahomes. No, no, no. And, and, and listen – Here's the thing, that receiving core, he was so excited when he saw the weapons that he had, and then he, he, he added to them by recruiting Antonio Brown, by recruiting his former teammate Gronkowski. But he had two that were already there, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And these guys, across the board, they are, first of all, Antonio Brown missed two games. So in five games, he's averaging 92 yards a game. And, and the other guys, Godwin's got 520 yards, and, and Evans has got 496 so those three are sharing a lot of the wealth. But Antonio Brown out today. I want to ask you about the two receivers remaining. We know the history with, uh, with Mike Evans against you know, the Saints, particularly with Marshawn Lattimore. But could Chris Godwin be one of the key parts today? Because he is the guy that's the glue to this team and this offense, in my opinion. Yeah, I think without Antonio Brown and a limited Gronkowski uh, today, I think they'll down and distance him. Uh, especially in the red zone. That's where, you know, he's most effective. Uh, Godwin becomes a big part of the, the game plan offensively, along with Fournette uh, as, as a running back. So, you know, Chris is a guy that uh, people don't realize, you know, he was the Gatorade player of the year in Delaware uh, as a prep senior. Well, it's Delaware. Tremendous wide receiver, punt, kick return guy. But I think where he really showed up, was 2017 Rose Bowl against USC. Nine catches, 187 yards, two touchdowns. And after that game, he was, guys, I ain't going to top that. I'm leaving early. And, he, you know, he, he left early for the NFL draft. He's been a really good player, but somewhat underrated because of the people around him, like a Mike Evans and now Antonio Brown and Gronkowski and Brady and everyone else. He is a real slick route runner. Man, the way he can run a route and set you up to get separation downfield. And then he's got another gear in space where he can kind of kick it, and then he's off to the racetrack. 
So he is a big part of their receiving core, a really good player. On another team, uh, Scott, he'd be a number one guy. But on this team, he's not. Now, today, he probably will be that guy. And we all know because of the Evans-Lattimore matchup in the past, the Saints will probably keep that uh, because, you know, Lattimore has done such a great job on Mike. But now, on the other side, you're going to have Godwin either up against Paulson Adebo, the rookie, or Bradley Rope. And you know Brady's going to – he's going to test that rookie out. He wants to see, you know, exactly how much titanium he got in the backbone. And they're going to go after him. So the key today is really to get pressure up the middle. That, that to me, has always been – the key if he was playing in New England and now in Tampa, it's not so much the edge pressure. It's the stuff inside because that's a straight line to it. He's never been a great movement guy. He's been sort of a sidestep and then step up in the pocket and make a throw. So you got to blow up his launch pad. But, man, Chris Godwin, uh, he would be a guy that I'd try to bracket today. Because Mike, if not, the- you, you're in trouble. You're in trouble if, if you go one-on-one with him the entire game. Mike, one of the best linebacker tandems definitely in the NFL. You've got Levante David, who looks like he is going to be active today. There was some uh, question about him, but he's going to be playing. Also, Richard Sherman on that Bucks defense. But also, uh, about that linebacker tandem, Devin White has been phenomenal since coming to Tampa Bay since uh, from LSU, since being drafted over there, just uh, looking like he's maturing and turning into one of those greats in the NFL. Yeah, Steve, uh, and I always tell him this when I see him, my most vivid uh, recall with him, he's a freshman. <laughs> and this is when they used to open everything up and you could go interview players, uh, you know, right before the start of the season. He had convinced himself he was still a running back, you know, because wow. he was a great high school running back. And he was convinced. And my thing is, man, for you to get on the field, dude, you better accept playing linebacker. <laughs> Look what you got in front of you at LSU at that time. And But he was hell-bent that he really thought he could play running back. And he laughs about it today about, you know, yeah, it took a little while, but, you know, finally I knew that was my spot. I think in my 30-something years covering LSU, he's in the top two as far as athletes. Really? I mean, uh, you look at him, that there's really not much he can't do. His speed, his athleticism, his ability to run the field. But where he's gotten so much better is in the coverage part of the game because he didn't really know a lot of that. So it took him a little while NFL-wise to get accustomed to it. Uh, he had been an up-the-field guy at LSU a lot. Uh, as a blitzer, as a guy that stayed close to the line of scrimmage, run left and right. But he had to get used to playing coverage, and he was a bit of a guesser early on. He ain't guessing no more. And the thing about it is, even if you catch him out of position, his speed is so good, he can uh, sort of make up for that. Now, when he gets older, that might not be the case, but, man, can he run? When you look at a 235 to 240-pound man that can run like what Devin White can, it's unbelievable. His speed is eye-catching. 
and he's a, he's a matchup downfield that if you're going to throw it at him, you better throw it in front of him. You better, you better not challenge him too many times because you know what? He can catch the ball like a receiver. I mean, he plays it that way. So, you know, he's one of the elite players in the National Football League, still a young player, still learning the finer points of playing linebacker because of the fact he was such a dominant running back in high school. And he really thought <laughs> until he got convinced by Coach O that, hey, listen, for you to see the field, you got to play linebacker. But he didn't want to at first. Man, but he's turned that into quite a career. And I'm telling you, in over 30 years, he's in the, he's in the Mount Rush four of athletes, players that I've seen at LSU. Just a dominating football player. And he's turned that into quite an NFL career. Mike, I, I'm going to second that because this guy came to LSU as a running back, and he became the top five pick. Middle linebackers do not get picked in the top five in the NFL. They just do not. And he single-handedly, in my opinion, changed the tempo and the just with, with his enthusiasm on the field and, and this disruptive behavior when they beat the Saints uh, in the second half. And it was his, you know, get, causing turnovers, getting the pick and doing everything. He is so good and so important for that defense, and you put him with Levante David. And, oh, by the way, the guy that has twice as many sacks as any other player on that team, yet another linebacker, Shaquille Barrett, Shaq Barrett. And then we haven't even mentioned the other LSU guy in there who plays a ton, Kevin Minner. So those four linebackers, I'm not saying they're don't patrol, but they are pretty darn good. I know, I know they start three of them. And then when you put that with that line, with guys like Jason, Pierre, Paul, are you kidding me? William Golston and Dominic Sue. I mean, these are all superstar players. So when you talk about that front seven, that is a, as elite as it gets when they're playing together as a unit. And that's the only thing that truly scares me in today's game. Because I, I fully believe that the Saints are going to throw off Tom Brady a bit. But I think this, this front seven, if Jameis can get enough time to get to that secondary, that's going to be the key to this game today. Yeah, I think the real key is, man, this is quite a chess match today between Sean Payton versus Todd Bowles. You know, because Todd is really, I thought he did a really good job in New York as a head coach, but, man, the structure there is so damn bad uh, with the Jets. But Todd is a really sharp guy. Man, Bruce Arians got nothing to do with the defense. El Zilcho, nothing. You know, he turns that over to Todd Bowles who is a very innovative guy, and he comes at you a little differently every game. He sort of gives you something, and he takes it away. The other guy, too, is Levante David. I'm telling you guys, uh, in the last 10 years, he has been as good a player and as underrated a guy as there is in the National Football League for what he's done. And now he's had some injuries this year, but normally, man, he, he rarely misses time uh, out on the football field. And when you throw him into the mix, uh, they're quite a front seven. Now, I will say this, their backside is lousy. Man, their Very secondary is, is bad. So you've got to take advantage of that, but you can't give up on the run. Because sometimes I think, you know, you frustrated – because of the fact that you can't run the ball on them. They, 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 like, slam the door on you. And so you get frustrated where you just keep throwing it. We all saw game one of this season against the Cowboys, where Dak Prescott and the Cowboys gave them a lot of trouble. 
And that's when they were healthy in the secondary. But they didn't try to run the ball against uh, Tampa's defensive line. They were like, uh-uh, this ain't working. And, and they almost pulled off a huge upset that night. Had they had a kicker that kicked a couple field goals, they might have won that game. But, uh, again, now is going to be kind of the test here is can they protect Jameis and give him time, and can the Saints receivers hold on to it? Uh, that, that's the other part. Uh, it's the pitch and the catch part of the game because there are going to be some open spots for them in that secondary, which has had a ton of injuries. And so they've had to rely on that front seven uh, to basically, you know, carry 90% of the water this year. Mike, when you look at the addition of Mark Ingram for this Saints team going into this matchup, sure he had limited time to get ready for this game, but he knows the playbook. He knows this team. Should we be concerned at all about him uh, entering this game and getting snaps, or should he be good to go? I'm sure he's good to go. Uh, you know, he knows the offense. Uh, now, again, it's been a couple of years since Sparks played here. And all the time catches up with him. He, he's the Mark Ingram of today, not of 27 years old. And so he understands his role here, that he's the sidekick uh, to the strata turns to drink offensively with Alvin Kamara. But, you know, he's always been a really good inside runner, a very good receiver. That's why he made great improvements since his days at Alabama was his ability to catch the ball. And uh, Bobby and I talked about this. We had done a quarterback-to-quarterback early one uh, weekend. I remember Drew coming on saying about the most underrated part of Ingram was his ability to pass protect. So, you know, like you got a lot of guys at running back. you got to tell them, hey, you got to pick up that blitz. But you don't have to tell Mark. He's real sharp in picking up that inside blitz and also guys coming off the edge. So I, I think he's ready to go. Listen, if he can get five carries and a, and a, a catch or two, hey, that, that, that's all you need out of him now. Really? All right, Mike, real quick, in doing 30 seconds because uh, this show's called Fans First Take and we got a bunch of callers, but I want to say I'd be remiss not to bring up Leonard Fournette and the resurgence of his career in 30 seconds or less. Tell, tell the listeners what that means for this Tampa Bay offense. Booga. He's a man out on that football field. You yes, better hit him early because if not, that power and that speed takes over. He has really revitalized his career in Tampa Bay. No question about it, Scott. That's a good point. And if they weren't in our division, they'd probably be just as loved because they have Devin White, they got Mitzer, they got Fournette, as we love the Bengals now as our second team. But they're in our division, so screw them. We're moving forward. <laughs> Appreciate the time. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Health System. Always appreciate your time, Mike D. Be talking to you later on. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all take care. Okay, that's First Take. We're here on WWL Saints Radio broadcasting from the Rouse's Markets on Barone Street. Every home game, Rouse's Markets, where it always feels like home. Coming back with more First Take right after the break here on WWL. Stevie G and Scotty A here on First Take enjoying some great grub at Grouse's. We have ourselves a mini muffalata platter right here and some beverages getting ready for the kickoff in the Caesar Superdome between the Saints and Buccaneers. Huge matchup NFC South showdown on Halloween. I'm so shocked this game didn't end up a prime time matchup. Yeah, no, and by the way, don't worry, Mike Koss, it's not that kind of beverage. When you say beverage before a game, you usually think it's 
it's premium artesian water. I well, prefer it to be something else, but however, uh, I got to work. I got to help Mike and Mike and do that. So uh, we got a little maybe mixer I got at the car we can put in before we head to the dome. Now that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, we're fans first take here. We want to hear from you, Houdat Nation. Give us a call on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line 504-260-1870. We've got our good friend from Australia, Tony, on the line. How's it going, Tony? How are you, Steve and Scott? Happy birthday for the other day, Steve. Oh, I appreciate that. What's up, Tony? You, you mate? Crikey! Yeah, um, how good is it to have thunder and lightning back? What, zoom, zoom and boom! Are Muncie and Galbraith back? I mean, yeah, yeah. back from 78-79. you got to be old to remember that, but I am. But yeah, it is great to have Mark Ingram back in the fold with his running mate, Alvin Kamara. Who Kamara still looks up to. As great as Kamara is a player now, he looks up to Ingram. Ingram showed him the way and paved the way for him as a running back with the Saints. And it's kind of funny that Kamara is number 41, and right now because of some issues with too many jerseys being out of the the rotation for Ingram to pick, he ends up taking down number 14. So we have 41 and 14. If he's stuck with that number, we don't know if it's official yet. He was talking Friday how he might try and change that. He was even going to try to talk to – Archie Manning about relinquishing the number eight because he doesn't want a big 30 number. He feels it makes him look like a, a bigger, fatter running back than he want, really is. So he wants a, a low number. And if, if the defense plays as well as they have over the last couple of weeks and get to Tom Brady, um, I think we'll get over the top of them. And I, a big bonus, I get to see the game live on TV here today. It's on about 7.30 a.m. Monday morning. Hey, he always gives us the time where he is when we're watching the game. I love so if y'all don't, y'all, those of you who don't know, he really is in Australia. His nickname is not just Tony from Australia. So he's in Australia, and it's tomorrow, and he's getting ready. He's, he's, been, he's been drinking all night long, and he's getting ready for his Saints. No, no, he no, loves no. his Saints. I'll say that to the guy. Uh, come on, go with it, Tony. All right. Appreciate the time as always, Tony. Thank you for, thank you for checking in. We're going to go to Ian now in Mid-City on line three. Ian, how are you doing this? Who that day? Gents, I am doing great. Can you believe it? I mean, it's Halloween. The Saints are playing at home. The weather gods are cooperating. Yes, indeed. Uh, that kind of gets to the, the point of what I wanted to call in for. And Scott, by the way, this is your buddy Ian McNulty in Mid-City. Oh, my goodness, the food critic of New Orleans right here. I love it. That's right. That's right. Um, you guys were talking earlier about sort of the ups and downs of the, of the early going of the season and maybe some, some fan disappointment, maybe, you know, getting spoiled from all those great years that we experienced that just rattled off the winds. Uh, I like to bring a little realism. I mean, this is, this is the reality for most teams in the NFL. You know, it's not all one triumph after the next. Uh, you know, and, and who'd have to go back a few years? certainly understand that better than most maybe maybe they forgot but the point is what would a good coach tell you a good coach should tell you to focus on what you can control right as a fan i can't control the offense or the defense i can't control the other team but i can control my own game day experience if yes, the saints indeed. Are up, if the saints are on tv if the saints are on wwl radio there's gonna be parties all over new orleans backyards front porches downtown uh, down the bayou, all over. And that, to me, is like, that's fan culture right there, right? So, like, you've got a game day. You've got food rolling. 
you've got your friends together. I mean, this is what being a Saints fan is all about to me. I want them to win. I want to gloat about it all week long. But, you know, until the final whistle, we've got the game day experience. It's in our hands. I say, you know, let's do it up. <laughs> let's, let's show the whole football world that New Orleans, you know, the fortunes may swing this way or that. But, man, these people get what football and community and partying and having good times and being with each other is all about. That's what's, why I'm your fired go- up today. what's your go-to game day snacking? What's, like, the must for your Saints viewing on TV? Well, I got a, I got a gang that I watch games with very often uptown, and they have a, a standing tradition. They make a jambalaya, chicken and sausage jambalaya, not just any sausage, though. It's got to be the smoked Charisse from Poche's. Acadiana. Yep. And this, this jambalaya has a name. It's got a, a bit of a heritage to it. Uh, it's called Damn It Aaron Jambalaya. <laughs> it's made by Wait, uh, explain my good this Robert Johnston. Okay. <laughs> my good friend Robert Johnston coined the name. It's his recipe. Uh, and this goes back to the days of Jim Hazlitt, Has Let Us Down, <laughs> and Aaron Brooks. Damn It Aaron Brooks. <laughs> which was the exclamation so many times when Aaron had the ball that they named the jambalaya after. So that, that's sort of our, our go-to uh, uh, snack whenever, whenever we're over there. Now, from somewhere else, we can't make it to my buddy Robert's house for damn it, Aaron jambalaya. It's going to be some uh, boudin from, uh, from previous scavenging missions out in Cajun country or uh, something I got fresh from Piece of Meat in Mid-City, that great butcher shop near my house. Uh, it's going to be meaty. It's going to be indulgent. It's going to be a little too much, and it's going to be just right for game day. Well, Ian is a perfect transplant like yourself, uh, Steve. <laughs> I mean, he loves New Orleans. He loves the Saints. And obviously, he's in the paper every day. He writes about the restaurants. Ian, we are way overdue for a meal. I'm so glad you called Absolutely. this show. I used to call rugby games with him with the NOLA Gold. Love Ian, one of the great guys we have in New Orleans. So I appreciate that call, buddy. Boys, thanks for that, Ian. doing what you're doing. All right, man. Take care. First take here on WWL, broadcasting from Rouse's Markets on Barone Street. For every home game, Rouse's Markets, where it feels like home. Steve Geller, Scott Alexander on first take, coming back with more on WWL after this. Back on first take, broadcasting from Rouse's Markets on Barone Street. For every home game, Rouse's Markets, where it always feels like home, especially this Halloween. Get to see all these uh, folks coming in, getting their tailgating gear ready for this 325 kickoff in the Superdome. And, Scott, we've seen anything from togas to witch doctors. So, to the who dat Darth Vader. Yes, I mean, no, the no, black we, and gold Vader. We've seen some creative costumes just in our two hours here. I can only imagine three hours from now what we're going to see in the Superdome. It's going to be spectacular in there today. And Slice Pizzeria, 1513 St. Charles Avenue, where everything is made fresh. The dough, the sauce, made fresh to perfection every day. Great quality pizza at reasonable prices. Slice Pizzeria, owned locally by Jim Fight, SliceNola.com, supplying our Saints Radio game day crew with pizza every game day. Uh, Looking forward to a 325 kickoff coming up on WWL Saints Radio. The Bud Light countdown to kickoff with Bobby Bear, Christian Garrick up next on tap at 1 o'clock. And I think that this matchup, obviously huge because it's an NFC South game, but also going to be big uh, just for the NFC standings in general as everybody's fighting for that one seed now since that's the only one that gets a bye week in the playoffs this year. Oh, it's huge. I mean, it, it is huge. I mean, it used to be, obviously everybody knows, it used to be six playoff teams in each conference, two byes. 
Now it's just one. You get that extra team that gets in, so it gets more cities, you know, into it later in the season when they normally might be out, and then you still have a chance, which I think is always good for football. But, yeah, this game, once again, if you're just tuning in, you weren't here listening to about 15 minutes, we're talking about how big this is. If the Saints lose, okay, for the casual fan out there, they're two and a half games out of first place, and they, they're, they're behind the eight ball on the tiebreaker. Well, if they win, they got the same amount of losses as the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they're only a half a game back, and they have the tiebreaker situation. You know, so if they beat them again like they've done five straight times in the regular season, that's right, the Saints have beaten this unbelievable Tampa Bay Buccaneers team five straight times in the regular season. Um, the fact is, is this game is that big, that important. If you want to have aspirations of have any kind of home field advantage in the playoffs, you have to win this game today. Uh, before we get out of here, Scott, definitely want to thank Rouse's for hosting this this grand pregame party before we get to head back into the Superdome for this game. And uh, it's, it's bustling in here. Everything you want from sandwiches uh, to beverages, it's to rocking, candy, it's desserts, cakes, uh, croissants, you name it, they've got it here at Rouse's, your home team for every Saints game. I'm Steve Geller along with Scott Alexander. I want to thank Dave Potter back at Master Control for helping us out. Luke. Uh, our engineer keeping us on the air. Thank you so much. This happy Halloween to everybody out there, Scotty. And and I think I'm feeling really good about this matchup. I know the Saints are four and a half point dogs at home, but when you got some key pieces coming back, like a Deontay Harris, also with the David Onyemata, I'm loving this matchup. More with uh, the fans' first take is over. Coming back with the countdown to kickoff with Bobby Abear, Christian Garrick on WWL Saints Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.